This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Jordan and I'm joined today by David and Brady. Gentlemen, it's been a while since we've recorded an episode. Uh, first off, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this week, uh, not not too much. We're going to have a little bit of facilities talk later. But first off, how are you guys doing? How you been? Yeah, we are still here. Uh, we still exist. We are still talking Georgia State. All the news you need. Um for me, uh, you know, by the time this pod goes out, I will be two weeks out for my second vaccine shot. So watch out, world. Brady's coming. He is coming indeed. Um, thank you for asking. I'm doing pretty good. I am more than two weeks out from my second shot. Um, I have actually eaten at a restaurant. Um, I ate at two restaurants last weekend and it was the craziest thing, you know? Um, so I got a fun opportunity to wake up super early and go watch some soccer at like 9am. Um, you know, but it was just for somebody who eats out as often as I do, you know, going to a restaurant for the first time in so long, it was kind of crazy, but it was, it was nice to be back in some familiar digs, you know? So I'm excited for, uh, got some fun plans coming up in the next few weeks. So I'm excited to just start doing things again, you know? Yeah. As someone who has also not been eating in restaurants this past year, I'm ready for that complete culture shock again of <laughs> sitting in an eatery with other human beings. Uh, that definitely, it just feels like we've all collectively hit like a reset button on like social <laughs> And so it's like stuff, even just like the phenomenon of eating in a restaurant, which is things you do all the time, is now suddenly becoming a thing again. And so that's very weird. Uh, but also, it's interesting. And this year's been a whole lot of mundane, the same old, same old. So interesting is good, even if it is a little bit, you know, it's a weird situation where we're all in, um, but at least we're all in together. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly what I was going to get into. I, too, am fully vaccinated, uh, got mine the f uh, first dose on April 1st and the second one on the 20th and uh, currently live over kind of close to the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And that's actually a mass vaccination site, at least uh, at some point this month. I think, think they're going to shut that down. But it was really interesting because you drive up in your car and they have you drive like around in the infield of the uh of the racetrack and then like inside the actual pit road garages they have emts and firefighters and like doctors nurses and people administering the shots inside the garages so that's kind of cool you get to say hey we uh we're probably the uh, first people to ever drive a 2006 honda odyssey around the racetrack except they don't let you go around the actual track so that was a lot of fun and uh to your earlier point brady the uh the cultural reset thing it it feels wrong going to places and that's that's going to be a fun thing to get back into. But, yeah, it, it's been interesting for sure. So I want to ask you about that because you didn't get a chance to go on the field last year. But obviously you went to the spring game. You know, and it's been a few weeks. But, you know, how is that? Like you were on the field for like around other like Georgia State, like 
beat personnel and players and stuff like that. Like, how was that experience? It was a lot of fun. It, uh, it like, again, it still kind of felt wrong to be outside doing stuff after spending pretty much all of last year in my basement and not going places and still getting COVID anyway. So that's funny how that works. But, you know, it's it's fun to get back on the field. Uh, back out there with the camera and the sport lens and all that fun stuff and getting to watch football in person. It was a great game. It was a really fun time. There were a lot of people there, even in the COVID year. I mean, of course, people masking up social distancing. They were really, really particular about people on the field, enforcing distance guidelines and safety and everything. It was really well done from that point of view. And it felt equal parts good, like a return to normalcy and then also unnerving because you kind of have reprogrammed your brain if you're like me at all to just kind of not do that stuff. And then you're like, wait, this is wrong. This is wrong. But no, it's right. It's good. And it is wonderful to be back in the frame of mind to be able to do that again. Yeah. Uh, Cause I was there during the fall um, up in the press box for some games and traveled to Troy. It wasn't nearly as jarring, but it was a decent amount of time between the last time I was at a game because during basketball season, could have had the opportunity to go to sports room more often, but it just what the desire given what I could do not at the sports room, like there, it felt different being at, at a football game. It felt like something, whereas basketball, a lot of it was available um, where we were and all that that goes with. But uh, I just wanted to say that I have the other major Atlanta sports site as far as vaccination covered. I, I got both my shots at the Mercedes Benz stadium. So I guess we're covering all of the mass vaccination sites. And uh, if this uh, podcast sounds like an advertisement for vaccines, uh, it is. <laughs> Definitely go get vaccinated. Um, but I feel super lame because I went to this like just random Walgreens on the south side of Chicago. <laughs> there wasn't even really a Walgreens because they were renovating it. Like, I, you know, I, I'm sure that the vaccine wasn't sketch or anything, but it just that Walgreens specifically was just not put together. So but yes, I will echo the sentiments that this is an ad for getting vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, for me, honestly, aside from when I was available, when it was available for me, I didn't really see a ton of other options. It's also from where I live, one of the closer ones anyway. So it wasn't there was a good part of the reason why I went to the Mercedes Benz was for the the novelty of it. But also it was also location. Um, and so that just worked out because it's a cool thing. I mean, I've got the stickers that say you just got vaccinated. I think it's got a logo of the stadium logo on it. And uh, in 20 years, if I still find those in some box somewhere, it's going to be a weird memory of just the period of time in 2020 and 2021 and what this whole ordeal was. I wanted to do it for Dale sticker, but they didn't have any. It was actually kind of disappointing, but I did it for Dale. You go do it for Dale, get vaccinated. But yes, I digress. So let's go ahead and jump into the meat and potatoes of this week. Uh, if you are a frequent visitor to panthertalk.com or if you also listen to the state of Atlanta podcast, you have no doubt seen or heard about this, uh, Georgia State Athletics Neighborhood document that a lot of PAC donors got. And we've got our hands on it, so we're going to take a look at it. Uh, I've given it to the other guys to take a look at and see initial first impressions. But just right off the bat, if you haven't had a chance to look at it, it has more or less kind of like a master plan thing set up where we have all of the Georgia State sports, minus tennis, we'll get to that in a little bit. All of the Georgia State sports will be pretty much, well, tennis and golf. 
sorry, but they'll be more or less within walking distance of each other for the first time ever. And of course, you have the stadium, you have the convocation center going in, you have baseball, softball, and beach volleyball is also getting upgraded uh, stuff over there. Some of the new uh, stuff for them, we'll be talking about the soccer complex, I believe now is pretty much fully complete. But um, yeah, gentlemen, you had a chance to look at it. Do you have anything that just stands off like right off the top of your head? I mean, I will say that the basketball stuff, nothing really seemed that new. Like, I think that they reduced the capacity slightly down. And I think from when we've been talking, not on the pod, you've been saying there's some other minor things that got tweaked with that. But that one didn't really jump out to me as anything that was very new information. I. I maybe just was just seeing it spelled out, but when you look at the the baseball complex, you see the pictures. You've got fifteen hundred chairback seats and actual press and media areas and video board and it, it, all of the but like it just it is such a jarring difference to what is the current reality at Panthersville and what has been just the reality of Georgia State baseballs. Just it isn't a selling point, and this. If it's anything like this rendering, especially given the location and that it's in a new part of campus that is really starting to grow with all these athletic stadiums, it is a selling point if it's anything like that. And so it's something we've talked about a couple of times on the pod when we've talked about baseball, but another time, maybe some new information on the baseball stadium we hadn't necessarily seen spelled out before that just continues to bring all the excitement for what's to come with that. I, I mean, I agree. Um, well, basketball and football might be the revenue sports at a school. Um, and obviously, you know, Center Park Stadium was a huge development uh, for Georgia State back in 2017 when they had their first season there. Um, and the Convocation Center will be another giant leap for the basketball program um, once that eventually opens. But I don't think people truthfully grasp what this baseball complex has the ability to do, you know, for just one, the aesthetics of that area. Um, unfortunately, just the way that Atlanta has worked, there's just a lot of concrete parking lots, uh, not concrete. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of asphalt over there. Um, you know, it's not the most aesthetically pleasing situation. Um, and Georgia state is trying to fix that. Um, what it's going to do for the baseball team and the softball team to have a nice centralized location that is not only close to campus, but on freaking campus. I mean, that's probably going to be bigger than the change for football and basketball in my humble opinion. And I'm going to preface this by saying that Georgia state is never going to be the traditional like college town campus type deal. Like it's just, that's not what Georgia state's, is but this is what i will say is that when i went to the troy game in 2020 football season walking from my car to the stadium i walked past the softball and baseball stadium for troy and you could see pretty obviously as you're walking to the football stadium you can see where the basketball arena is and once all of this construction is complete it's a little different. The football stadium will be a little bit farther away, it, although it will still be the most visible of all of them because, well, it's a football stadium that used to be a major league baseball stadium. So it kind of stands out, but it's going to really all be in the same pocket of the city. And it's not going to be where you're going to have to go to Decatur for baseball, softball, and then back up to Atlanta, you know, and 
where the basketball and the football stadium are both in the area of campus or on campus, but they're not next to each other. It's all going to be in the same area. And especially when there's multiple events going on the same day, whether it's, you know, foot, uh, basketball and baseball, I think there might be a little bit of overlap there in the seasons where they'd be some home games on the same day. It could be a thing where people go to multiple events and it's not at all a hardship and it's not, it's, you know, it adds to the event. And uh, like David said, I think that maybe we appreciate baseball stadiums as architectural, you know, gems more than maybe the the median person, but it does break up what is just a lot of buildings and parking lots. And it's some greenery in uh, what was just in, you know, five years ago, just Braves parking lots and where people were tailgating all the time and hotels. Yeah, and it's interesting that you kind of brought up that point about it being integrated with the city and integrated with campus at the same time. And I had a bunch of friends who went to Georgia Tech and I would go visit them early on in my college career. And they just like, hey, you want to go see a baseball game? Like, well, isn't it really far away? Like, no, it's like a block from my dorm. Let's go. And we went and we watched a college baseball game on campus. And they said, oh, where's where's Georgia State's field? Like, well, I don't know. It's somewhere out east of the city, 20 minutes. Like, and we, we've been there. It, it's it's a fun time, but it is what it is. And this is it's, it's just going to be it's such a huge, 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 huge improvement. And I, I'm really excited for it. I can't wait to go watch games like in a historic plot of land that has a lot of really, really, really good upside for Georgia State. That is baseball and, of course, softball right there on the same parcel as well with the uh, Hank Aaron Memorial Wall. And I think they're going to do some other exhibit type stuff. Um, but let's not gloss over these convocation center plans. I know we said not really a whole lot has changed, but there is now in this in this packet, there is a very, very low resolution architectural drawing. It's not really easy to see a whole bunch of stuff. But what I do see immediately of note is that giant window that was in the original rendering where you could see north to the Georgia State Capitol with the gold dome and the skyline. That's still there. It seems to be a little smaller. But there's really the, the view from the far end of the court is completely unimpeded out that window. There's no seats in front of it. There's no there's nothing blocking. There's no other walls or anything. So that's going to be a really cool thing. And it looks like there's club space. One of these uh, one of the rooms, I believe, on the uh, the drawing is highlighted in green. So instead of the uh, the pack events being on the fourth floor with the bleachers pulled back, looks like there's actually going to be some sort of hospitality space where people can be a part of the action instead of taking up a third of the seating capacity. So that's going to be fun. Uh, of course, no more uh, information than that was really disseminated in here. I'm sure there's going to be other stuff like uh, hopefully some media areas and everything. Looks like it's going to be a much more cohesive game day experience besides, hey, it's a walk-up gym on the third floor. Hope you like uh, being really, 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 really loud in an echoey room. But yeah, any other thoughts on the Convocation Center? Uh, well, I have a question, um, and it's probably more for Brady because I just don't know where I would even research this. But for this year, the and uh, when they were all in Indy, one of the stadiums, I believe it was Butler's, right? They had the, uh, the every broadcast they had. They were always talking about how there was like a sunlight patch on the court at certain times, like after halftime. Um I, I can't remember what stadium it was, but 
I know that every single game that was there, the broadcasters mentioned it. So I feel like if Georgia State turns into one of those schools where they just randomly have like a sun patch on the court, then it's going to be really annoying to play there if you're not accustomed to playing there. It feels like one of those things that'd be maybe a mid-afternoon and it seems rare enough that you'd have those type of like, I guess the Georgia State plays is usually it's been around one or two. So maybe that flares up, but it's going to be a lot of night games. So unfortunately, I don't know how much your hope to be the team everyone hates because it's some patch might not come to fruition that much. But uh, what I was going to say is. Uh, I kind of like the uh, generic design, uh, let's instead of just putting any logo, let's get just the, the blue outline on the court. Uh, let's just not do it any more than that. Like blues the color. Let's just forget about the logo. Um, a little bit of a joke because I do want like couldn't couldn't there have been a Georgia State logo somewhere <laughs> on the court? I guess it's kind of a weird angle uh, just from the choice that they for the, the showing out that window, like Jordan said. So maybe wasn't worth putting it in, but it's like a high school court design. Um They've got to make yeah, sure I, that they put lakefront arenas like uh, skyline type thing just on the court somehow. Please Next note, that, that was a joke. Please do not ever do that. If for some reason you are an architect or a builder working on this building, listening to this, do not please for the love of God. Anyway, but uh, uh, oh, am I, at least I, I don't want to. I mean, we don't have to keep talking about the skyline thing, but at least Atlanta has like a thing like people talk about Atlanta, the skyline and just all the like. New Orleans, like, could you pick the New Orleans skyline out of a lineup? No, I don't think so. Like, maybe just because, like, the Superdome would be on it and be like, oh, maybe that's the Superdome. Like, there aren't any buildings in, I don't know, we're, we're past that. We're in a whole other city that's hosting the Sunbelt now, so we should probably stop bringing it up. All right, so that's Convocation Center. That'll be fun to see how that develops. Uh, but interestingly, tangentially related, I guess, and also proceeding down the list of facilities in here, the sports arena is on here as a permanent home to court volleyball, which is really cool. I didn't know what they were going to be doing with the sports arena when they moved basketball out, but it, it is a logical home for volleyball. So they can kind of redesign the arena a little bit to make it a little bit more suited to volleyball, a little more intimate setting. Uh, just highlights right here. They're going to have a new playing court, whether that means, hey, we just are going to strip the paint and put other lines on it. Or if they do something like Troy did where they just had a professional volleyball surface installed. Uh, I think Scott Watkins over on Twitter, a friend of the pod, posted uh, some pictures of it or retweeted or something a long time ago. But it's a, it's this really cool like kind of synthetic surface that's specifically designed for volleyball, and it's, it's branded really nice. It's got different colors on it. So if Georgia State does something like that, that would be cool. Uh, obviously, there's nothing specific about that in this document if you looked at it. But they're going to get new graphics and new new bleachers and chair back seats. So, uh, Hey, athletics, call me. I want to buy a row of seats from section one Oh nine row F call me seriously. Um, uh, let's see retractable walls, locker rooms, sports medicine, strength and conditioning upgrades, all that good stuff. So that'll be really nice for them to have a dedicated place to call their own. That's not just, Hey, we put lines on a basketball court. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Cause like, what else are you going to do with a sports arena? That's a giant building, like brutalist and everything. What, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. I mean, I like that it is still obviously, like you say, it's pretty ingrained in campus. It's not like you can tear it down. If you tore it down, you might accidentally take down Classroom South. <laughs> I'm almost not kidding. <laughs> like it is in the same area with actual like it is a part of campus. And there's obviously offices in there 
And so it was going to get used. And so I'm glad that it is getting, like you say, volleyball is going to make it more volleyball's place. And I think basketball is still going to get to practice there, or at least in some part of it, they're going to keep. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I like we've been extolling the virtues of why it is such a good thing for Georgia State to be getting this new arena. But we still feel for the sports arena. We still had witnessed all of our personal as college students games at the sports arena. So there's definitely a fondness there. And so I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that she's going to be doing okay. She's fine. She's rebounding. So it's interesting. You brought up the whole practice thing because that's also detailed in this document. If we scroll down to somewhere in here, I think, uh, okay. Yeah. I scrolled past it the first time. So, uh, most of you who listen, may be aware that the basketball does have a practice facility and what used to be the aquatics building right next door to the sports arena. That is going to get a little bit of a renovation as well for basketball to get their own dedicated weight area. They're going to have uh, restrooms, video lounge space, and then beach volleyball is also going to get their own stuff in that same area as well. So that'll be a really nice thing for them because, uh, of course, when you're playing your games and you have all of your coaching offices and all that stuff moved down to the other arena, if you know if you're having practice up here, you're going to need facilities as well. And, of course, when volleyball takes over the sports arena proper, they're going to probably get rid of a lot of the stuff in there. So that's going to be nice for them to have. Of course, the beach volleyball complex is right outside the doors to the aquatic center if you've not been. Uh, to the beach volleyball complex and caught any matches there, go see them. It's a really fun, intimate environment. It's a good vibe. A beach in the middle of the city right next to the Marta tracks. Like, no, nobody else is going to have something like that. So go check it out. It's really cool. They're going to get a few up, uh, updates and upgrades as well with that. But uh, tennis was, I thought, really interesting because up until, I guess up until like right now, Georgia State wasn't playing tennis on campus because the beach volleyball court where that is now used to actually be like tennis practice courts, but that was demolished when they built the beach volleyball stuff out. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Georgia state tennis, the men and women had been playing their home matches in Peachtree city at the Peachtree city tennis center. I know that's where a lot of the Sunbelt games happened this year. And I think a couple of the tournaments as well. So that's going to be really cool. They're going to be on the Clarkston campus over near Stone Mountain, kind of right off of 285. So they're going to get all new facilities out there and fun stuff. They're going to have an indoor facility. They're going to have all sorts of stuff that they need to both teams to have success over there. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Gentlemen, any comments on that? I just want to say it's great that, yeah, that you're in your wheelhouse here and you're handling the facility stuff. I only wish that there was some Zoom you could have called into like we, we do for the sports and ask questions and get, get in your, uh, <laughs> so are you looking to get out of this construction project? Yeah. What's the, what's the building material you're using for the restroom partitions? I'm concerned. That, no. Yeah, see. Which position group of the construction group are you most worried about? <laughs> I God. made the joke offline, but I need to get my Jordan in the hard hat picture at the, either the convocation center, the, you know, the new baseball complex. Like we got to make this happen. I don't know how we're going to I want a picture with a hard hat on. Let's, let's all get pictures with hard hats on. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I never get into nitty gritty stuff on this podcast because you guys are so good at talking about the X's and O's of sports. But this is my wheelhouse now. I, I get one week. Look it's fine. Me. I am the wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. It, but yeah, that all kidding aside, it's going to be really, really huge for the tennis program to, you know, be able to 
play games on an actual Georgia State campus, even though it's not the main Atlanta campus. Perimeter College is still part of Georgia State, and that's going to be really cool. The Clarkson campus is a nice little thing carved out of what used to be, of course, the Georgia Perimeter College uh, thing over there. So that'll be nice. And it's really not that far from main campus. It's uh, only about 15, 20 minutes, but it's not 15, 20 minutes to the back of a school bus parking lot. So it's an actual college campus. And of course, right next to uh, this in the document, the Bobby Jones Golf Course, of course, Golf course, of course, tongue twisters say that 10 times fast. Uh, men and women's golf, they've already moved into this, but they, uh, in a partnership with the Bobby Jones Golf Consortium, have had a renovation done there to make that a better facility. They've got indoor hitting bays. They've got dedicated space for them, and they've got all sorts of good stuff over there, and that's really fun. So if you have been around since the beginning of football, you will probably remember hearing about the 188 MLK practice facility that the team uh, practiced at for a very long time until we got Georgia State Stadium, now Center Park Stadium, added into the ranks. That has now been pretty much fully completed, converted into the GSU soccer complex. So they uh, demolished the old weight room facility that was constructed during the Trent Miles coaching era. And that is now part of a natural grass playing surface. They've got new lights. They've got speakers. They upgraded the locker rooms, and the offices in there, and they've done concessions, restrooms for everything. So that that's going to be really cool to see because again, Panthersville is really far away. And as all three of us know, you can easily walk to 188 MLK from the dorms, from campus. It's, it's a little bit longer maybe than going to, uh, you know, say going to the library or whatever, but it is still easily walkable. It's right there, right next to the Marta tracks. It's right in the middle of the city, and it is a great, easily accessible place, and it's going to be fun to have Panther soccer back in the city and not super far away. Well, and they've been using Center Park a couple of times, and obviously great that they had the use of the facility, but, I mean, it was very clearly playing soccer on a football field. <laughs> And it's not like that happens in the MLS. It's not like it's a bad thing. It just it looks uh, it looks weird and it's probably not just a totally natural feel. And so it feels a little bit more like a home base. And we obviously personally have been at 188 a lot uh, where the band was for a long time. And definitely cool to me to think that they're going to be playing like regulation soccer matches there. Um, it's it's not like a traditional stadium in any sense, um, although they've definitely made upgrades and are, are doing more to make it such. But it it just is a place where you are and it makes it's a nice confined place and it just makes sense for there to be sports there. And it seems like it might be a, a cool place to take in a soccer match. Yeah. Also, when we were in band doing practices there, there was pretty much nothing over there. I think there, were, there was a package store and a couple gas stations. But now there's there's like four or five apartment, like big apartment complexes over there. And probably a lot of students living there. So walk to a soccer match right outside your door of your apartment. You're not going to beat that. You're not going to find that. Well, you might find it somewhere else, but not too many colleges are going to have that kind of experience. And I think it's really, really cool. And that is a fantastic thing that we're going to get to see develop and grow. I know they're not fully completed with it yet. They're going to put in spectator seating. I don't I don't really know where based on the renderings that we're seeing where they're going to put that because there's kind of a building in the way in the middle of the pitch. Are we sure it's not just going to be a bunch of scissor lifts? Oh my God. Let's hope not. 
or get some lawn chairs, I, climb up that secret ladder in the uh, second I mean, floor and get on the roof. Obviously, that'd be pretty cost prohibitive. In fact, it would probably redefine the word cost prohibitive. But I just want to say that would be a very unique viewing experience. If just you had to go and you're like, okay, I'm in scissor lift number seven, and you go to the sideline and you go up and watch from up top for the whole. <laughs> it's going to be like um, band anyway. practice all over again. They're going to make everybody well, get they in have the for harness. Football too. They, well, they, they had a tower they for, football. for the football. Oh, yeah. I hope that's still there too. And then finally, after, that's you like, know, the tower is like the club seating. After five years. Scissor lift is G. The tower is the, the club. Like, that's the, the, the big bucks get to go hang in the tower, watch the soccer match. Quick aside, it's really baffling to me how we practiced, the band practiced facing north for five seasons before they figured out they could just climb the uh, the tower to the south of the field and instruct from theirs, and then we turn around. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, it's, it's going to be really fun to see what the soccer team does with all that. And certainly, last but not least, track and field. Now, this isn't official yet, but it's been hinted for quite a long time. The track and field's uh, facility from the 1996 Olympics, uh, Shaney Track Complex, just right across the street, more or less, like a block and a half away from Center Park Stadium, uh, is, I believe owned by Atlanta Public Schools and the Atlanta Track Club kind of co-own, co-manage that facility. And it seems a lot of people have said it would be a no-brainer for Georgia State to have meets and all sorts of stuff there. So now they're touting that as a potential home for track and field, depending on different things that could shake out. But that would be really, really cool because I know that's something that has not really ever been on campus at Georgia State as far as I know in the modern era of Georgia State athletics. And that would be really cool because that is in a really nice part of grant park historic area and it's again walkable to everything which is awesome adding to the legacy of georgia state being part of their fabric of athletics is with the olympics and the games being hosted here in atlanta what with the football stadium which was the baseball stadium which was the olympic stadium in 1996 yeah certainly good stuff all around and lots of really exciting stuff to look forward to obviously a lot of this is far off in the future as funding and development allows. But it's really exciting to finally actually see something beyond just, hey, we've we've got plans and three people have seen them. But this is really, really cool stuff. And if you, if you told me 10 years ago that we'd have all this stuff on campus, I would have laughed at you because that was the time when, you know, we only had 30, 32,000 students. There's nobody was staying on campus. I didn't even know where any of the other sports facilities were. Seriously, not even until like two or three years in, people say, hey, have you been to a baseball game? I'm like, well, no, I, I don't want to drive to Decatur. But it's just Georgia State's upward trajectory is, I don't It's it's fantastic to see this stuff and know that there is serious investment and like in deliberate inclusion of things that are going to positively affect the university and the experience for the athletes and the community as well, having all this around there is going to really make Summerhill a very interesting and engaging place to be. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. I mean, they're, we've been saying that they're doing all the right things. It's just got to keep building, keep, keep building all this stuff up. That's all. Like we, really we say doing. that we say that a, a fair amount, given, you know, the football has been the building program, basketball. We want to see George state basketball hit another level and build. We actually now literally mean build. <laughs> We're talking. No, no one. It's it, it's fine. 
But hold on, I might have buried the lead because there's a little bit in the Center Park Stadium thing that I definitely glossed over. It has a breakdown of the phases of construction for the stadium. There's this little thing called Phase 4 Indoor Practice Facility. I don't know what that might be. I've never heard of that before. No, but all kidding aside, that, that's something that has been discussed uh, and kind of in the works for a while. Just nobody really knew where it would go. Um, but that's going to be exciting to see how that develops. Um, obviously, it's going to be very expensive, and they didn't give any hint as to where that would be. But they have it kind of broken down here. Of course, phase one for the construction would have been to convert from Turner Field into Georgia State Stadium. And that's obviously that's done. Phase two was the football operations, the weight room, athletic training center, and all that other kind of the underbelly of the stadium stuff. That was completed in July of 2019. Phase three, of course, technology upgrades and that new video board that doesn't have random chunks that don't work. That's done. And now this seems to be the next step, which is going to be extremely exciting. And I think feather in the cap for the football facilities over there. And hopefully we'll see that come to fruition sooner rather than later. Job well done, Jordan, on the facilities recap. You are the man. I try the building plan. I, I mean, me and the pack members that actually got this disseminated for giving the school money. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's fun to have a time to shine every once in a while. All right. So thank you so much for listening to this kind of departure from the norm for the Thursday night podcast. But it is a little fun to talk about facilities and not just X's and O's of sports all the time. So, again, thanks for listening. We will see you in the next episode as events warrant and there's something fun for us to talk about. But until then, stay safe, have fun, and go Panthers. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. The Thursday Night Podcast is a production of ThursdayNight.com, the independent source of choice for all things Georgia State sports. This podcast and all included sounds are exclusive property of and copyright 2019 Jordan Crawford Enterprises, LLC, on behalf of ThursdayNight.com, unless otherwise specified. The podcast is produced by Programming Director Brady Weiler and Technical Director Jordan Crawford, with assistance from co-hosts Taylor Dynan and David Salmon. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, as well as podcast aggregators like Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcast. To submit questions and comments, or to request information on advertising and corporate partnerships, contact the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Thursday Night or via email at thursdaynight at gmail.com.